0: of living water on talkzone.com rivers of living water is here to turn our thirsty world into a garden of eden freely pouring out the word of god to our desolate world now here's your host howard eugene wright
1: good morning it's wonderful to have you with us this this morning we appreciate you coming and uh we're going to be talking about reconciliation this morning. And this is a subject that we all need to be having. There's so many people that need to be reconciled. And when we're talking about reconciliation, we're talking about making things right with others. And this is on three levels. We make things right with God. We make things right with other people, and we make things right with ourselves. It's just as important for us to get things right with ourselves, to reconcile with ourselves. Sometimes our biggest problem is ourself, isn't it? We uh, don't think right, or we don't do right, or whatever, and we get the feeling guilty, guilty of what we've done, we get feeling bad of what we've done with other people or what have you. So we want to talk this morning about all three levels of these, and the most important one is getting reconciled with God. God's people are referred to as ministers of reconciliation, and so it's our job, once we've been reconciled, to help others to know how to be reconciled with God as well. So this morning, after some over 50 years of knowing the reconciliation between God and myself, I am qualified to tell you how to be reconciled with God. It's a wonderful thing when we are reconciled with the Lord. So many people are fighting God today because they don't understand different things that are in the Bible. And, you know, we can just uh, trash the Bible. A lot of people like to do that, or at least some do. I don't know if there's an awful lot, but some people, they don't understand what's in the Bible. They don't understand the the thing of reconciliation that's in there. And so uh, they like to make excuses or whatever, but, you know, the greatest thing, like I said, is being reconciled to God. And so, therefore, don't fight it. Don't uh, think that it's an impossible thing of you. You might say, well, I've done so many wicked things, and I've been so mean to so many people. How can I ever be reconciled? Well, this is the beautiful thing about it. God is willing to reconcile a few if you'll go his way if you'll do it on his terms and so if you're willing to reconcile with him if you're willing to make things right with him if you've made th- done things wrong that you know that God didn't want you to do and you you either did it because you wanted to or because there was something inside of you driving you and you just wondered how could this thing be I don't want to do these things, but I end up doing them anyhow. And I want to talk to you uh, and show you that this is not necessary. You can be reconciled with God if you're willing to do it God's way. Now, God made provision for you so that you can have a loving, personal relationship with him. And that doesn't make any difference who it is. What side of the fence you're on, how much education you have, what you look like or whatever, God is willing to reconcile with you. He's willing to make peace with you. And so this is another thing we can think about when we think about reconciliation is we make peace with the other person. We're maybe we've been at odds with that person for a long time. Maybe we've been at odds with God for a for a long time. We wonder how God could do some of the things that he's done. How could he possibly let things happen to me that had happened to me? And if God's so good, why are so many wicked things going on in the world? And we could go on and on like that, but God is a good God, and the things that are going on in the world that God gets blamed for sometimes is not necessarily God that's doing it. And we might say, well, God knows everything, and he has the power to change anything, so why is he doing this? Well, this would be a different program, and it's well explained as to why God allows things to happen to us sometimes. It shouldn't happen, but this is no reason to uh, say, well, I don't want to have anything to do with God, he's going to be that kind of a God. God is not that kind of a God. There are things that happen that should never happen to us. There are things that happen to our friends that ne- should never happen to us. Things that happen to our our nation and things that are happening in our world right now that God doesn't have anything to do with that. I mean, it, it isn't him that's doing it. There is another force that we call the devil, and He's the one that's doing all these wicked things. God is a loving God, and he wants you as a friend. He wants to be a friend of yours. He wants to be your good shepherd. He wants to be your good friend. And you can have this in your life if you're willing to reconcile with him. So... First of all, I think what you need to do is to realize that any bad thing is happening to you is not God's fault. Sometimes it's our own fault with bad choices we make. Sometimes it has nothing to do with the choices we make. It's just that we live in a fallen world. But anyway, how are we going to go about reconciling with God? First thing is that we got to realize that we're not reconciled now, that there are things in our life that keep us from being reconciled. And these things we refer to as sin. There's sin in our lives. Now, what is sin? Sin is doing something that God doesn't want us to do. That might be a broad definition of it, but it gets narrower than that. It's knowing to do good and not doing it. But on the other side, it could be not doing what we know is good. So there's sins of omission and sins of commission. There's things that we do and there's things that we don't do. And these bring a wedge between us and God because God wants us to be people that do what is right. And yet, This sin inside of us keeps us from reconciling with God. So the sin must be dealt with. We can't do it on our own is the thing about it. As hard as we try, it'll always be there until we take the step, the course of action that God has given us in order to get rid of it. Now, what's that course of action? It's First of all, like I said, admitting that we're powerless to do anything by ourselves, that we can't reconcile ourselves to God by pulling up ourselves with our own bootstraps. But we can through the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus died that we might have life. He rose from the grave. He's the only one that has risen from the grave that could do anything for us. There are two other people in the Bible that did raise from the grave, Enoch and Elijah, but they were just regular people. So just raising from the dead wasn't the thing that made the difference. The thing that made the difference was that Jesus is a second person of the Trinity. Jesus is God. Jesus is God's Son, and as such, He came to provide a perfect sacrifice for our sins, that He took the place of us, and when we are willing to accept this offer that God has given us, the free gift that Jesus has given us in coming and making a way for us, in setting up the path that will lead us to God. And so when we do that, first we admit that we can't help ourselves. Then we accept Jesus as this, our Savior. And we come to him, we ask him to forgive us from of the sins that we are have committed. And when God talks to us, we'll know what those sins are. It's the Spirit of the Lord that that brings to us and shows us what our sins are, then when we see those, we call that being convicted, when we see those sins and we ask God to forgive us and ask the Lord to take away our sins and to help us to be new creatures in Christ, then the Lord does that. He sends his Holy Spirit and changes us so that we don't have the sin to deal with any longer. And he takes the sin out of our lives and gives us new life in Christ, through Christ, so that we love God and we're willing to not to let everything bother us that comes along and trust God for our lives completely. And then at that point... When we do that, God forgives our sins. He makes us new creatures, like I said. He adopts us into his family. We become children of God. And then we have the ability, through the Lord, to be reconciled to God. And God forgives those sins. He casts them as far as the east is from the west. He casts them into the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered against us anymore. He takes the guilt away from us, and we feel the love and the joy of God in our lives. And so then we're reconciled to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the way we we get reconciled. Otherwise, if we try some other way, it's a dead-end road. It'll never work because God has only made one way. You know, that makes it easy. If we had a hundred ways, we'd have to choose which one was the best. But when we only have one way, and the Bible teaches us quite clearly that there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved, and there's only one mediator between God and man, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus is interceding for us 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, and 366 a leap year. So the Lord is there with us, reconciling us all the time. It becomes a relationship with the Lord that is lasting all the time. So we have him with us. We're coming upon our break, and so this is... uh, Howard Eugene Wright, your host for Rivers of Living Water and we're on TalkZone.com
0: Now, more Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright
1: Welcome back We've been talking about reconciliating with God, and, and we've come to the end of that, and if you've followed what I've said, then you're reconciled with God today. It doesn't make any difference how bad you've been. You can put that behind you, and you can go forth to the next thing, and that is you need to be reconciled with other people. If you have bitterness in your heart toward other people, if you've treated people badly or if you've taken things away from people or, or whatever, then you may need to reconcile with those other people too. You can really tell how much that you've been reconciled with God as to how willing you are to make your reconciliation with other people. You need to make peace with others. Can you imagine what would happen if this would happen worldwide, if nations would make peace with other nations, if everyone would would decide to love one another and and to stand by each other when they're in problems and help their problems, and, and if we would help the people that are hungry and the people that are sick and all these uh, things that happen to people. We need one another. We can't go out in a desert somewhere or in a monastery somewhere and hide ourselves away. Everyone needs everyone else. We're in a social organization where you can't really do without other people. God has made it that way. It could have been that, you know, we could just be an island in ourselves and we could just not care a thing about others and just let them go their way and we'll go our way. And and if they treat us mean, we'll treat them mean or meaner and and all these kind of things and allow a a spirit of bitterness to come into our lives. And and here's the thing of it. If we allow bitterness in one area of our lives, it splashes over into the other area. It's kind of like the story that has been told over and over again the, the man has a bad day, he comes home and he he yells at his wife and his children, and that doesn't seem to help him too much so he goes outside and there's the helpless cat sitting along uh, there wanting his love and attention and he kicks the cat. And why did he do that? The cat didn't do him any harm. The Family wasn't really doing him any harm. The thing is, when we allow bitterness in one area of our life, it sprinkles over into the other area, and you walk out into the world, and the whole world stinks. Maybe it's because we have a stinking attitude towards someone else or something else. It just seems like our job never goes right, or this doesn't happen, or that doesn't happen, or or you're all-time feeling miserable one way or another, and you're bitter toward it. If you have bitterness inside of you, it's going to affect you, not only the other person, but it's going to give you high blood pressure and, and all kinds of other kinds of, of sickness. There is a person, that, a doctor, that wrote a book called None of These Diseases, and he showed all the different kinds of diseases that we can have because of an unforgiving attitude, because of bitterness inside of it. We just can do that, and we can take those kind of attitudes toward others. But the Bible teaches us that we're even supposed to love our enemies. That's what Jesus taught us, that we're to thank the best for our enemies. That he also says that he is the one that repays. That he's the one that takes vengeance if there's going to be any vengeance done. And so, vengeance is not our job. And, you know, we go in and we look at some of these videos. Maybe the young people do things like that and, and they get desensitized and they, they go and they do all kinds of terrible things in our schools and, and what have you. And there are, are, Even religions that encourage people to, if uh, someone does something to you, then you go around and do twice as much to them or at least equal to it. And in the Old Testament, we have an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But in this generation, in the New Covenant, in the New Testament, Jesus said if someone tells you to go a mile, well, go with them two miles. If they slap you on one side of the face, just turn the other side and let them slap you on that side too. And he said to, that we're to love our enemies, do good to those who despitefully use us and persecute us, say all manner of evil against us falsely, that we're to love those. Now, how can we ever do a thing like that in our own strength? If you haven't been reconciled to God then it's going to be hard for you, maybe even difficult, or even worse than that. Maybe you'll try it and you won't be able to do it. So that's the reason I talk to you about reconciling with God first, because once you're reconciled with God, then you're well on your way to getting reconciled with other people. But if you're not reconciled with God, then it's going to be awful hard to do what I'm talking to you about right now. Because you're going to think about your right. I have a right to be treated right. And that's right. You do have a right to be treated right. And I I shouldn't be taken advantage of. And that's right. You shouldn't be taken advantage of. You're right in all these areas. But like I said, we live in a fallen world. And if we let these things gnaw at us long enough, then it's going to cause all kinds of problems to us. We might think that we're getting vengeance to the other people, but that whiplash is on us. The Bible tells us that we reap what we sow. If we sow to the flesh, we reap corruption. If we sow to the Spirit, then we reap everlasting life. And we live in a world, it seems like, that they're bent on death. We want to kill our babies. We want to kill this one and that and the other. We want to have physician aided suicide, and all these kind of things. But that's not what God wants. He wants us to be joyful amongst everyone else. He wants us to have a loving relationship with other people, too. It's so much better when we have it that way. Now, there are different kinds of love, you know. There is a a kind of a lustful type of love, and I'm not talking about that today. I'm talking about the kind of love that Jesus had for us. When he came to us, when we were yet sinners, when we were fighting against him, he still came and provided a way for us that we could have a relationship with the Lord, like I told you. He wants us to turn that around and do the same thing for other people. And we can do that once we've been made new creatures in Christ matter of fact, the Lord told us if we didn't forgive others, he wouldn't forgive us. So it's very important that we forgive other people, that we let God have his way in our lives and do things the way God wants us to do them. And the way he wants us to do them is to love everyone, even those who don't love us. So how can we do that? I might say right here in training up children we shouldn't just let people do anything that they want to do and the Bible tells us train up a child in the way that he should go and when he's old he will not depart from it he won't depart from it. He won't depart from what's good, but some do, don't they, regardless of how hard we try. Well that's another program, but uh I want you to know that God wants you to have that same kind of love that he had for you. He wants you to take that same kind of love and extend it out to other people and help other people. So we are merciful to those that are unmerciful to us. And we have a self-sacrificing kind of love that's willing to go the second mile, like I said, willing to turn the other cheek, willing to pray for our enemies, pray for those that despitefully use us, like the Bible tells us. And if we're willing to do that, God will give us the grace and help to do it. If we have a right relationship with the Lord, then he enables us, he helps us to take the attitude that I'm talking about. It isn't a grievous thing. It isn't a hard thing. Actually, it's the last six Commandments of the Ten Commandments. It's taking those last six commandments and doing those commandments under the grace of God, and God will help us in a wonderful way to love people who don't love us and to treat people right regardless of how they treat us. It's not depending on how people treat us as to how we act. If we act and react the way people do, then we're letting people control us. And we're letting them lord it over us. And God does not want us to do that. He's supposed to be our Lord and our God. Other people are not supposed to be allowed to run our lives or run our lives down in the ground. And so in order for us not to allow that to happen, we have to reconcile with other people. If you need to make things right with someone else, then you need to do it. And God will show you the places where you need to make them right. We call this restitution. If you're, if you can need to make, maybe you've taken something from someone and go make it right. Give it back to them. Give them something better than what you took might even be a better thing to do. But do it cheerfully. Do it rejoicing and glad that you can do it and take that loving sweet kind gentle attitude toward other people and you'll be surprised what happens we're up on another break it just seems like the time really goes fast doesn't it well i'm howard eugene wright i'm your host for rivers of living water at talkzone.com
0: Welcome back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright.
1: Thanks for staying with us. We trust that what we're saying today will be a great help to you. And as we all do these things, it's going to make a lot of difference in our communities, in our schools, in our businesses. It's going to make an awful lot of difference in uh, your own life and so what we want to talk about in this part of our show today is reconciling to ourselves. Sometimes going can be the hardest thing of all of them is reconciling to ourselves, being willing to forgive ourselves for some of the crazy things that we have done. Can you imagine how Paul would have been if he hadn't have forgiven what he had done? Paul, the apostle in the in the Bible would get Christians and and would haul them off to jail and witness against them, false witnessing naturally, and uh, was delighted to see them killed and things like that. You know, he just, he was ravaging against Christians. And there are so many things we find in the Bible of, of great people in the Bible who did some pretty crazy things. And we, they could have just stopped there and, and would have not been any good for anything, including themselves. But if God is willing to forgive you and the people around you are willing to forgive you, then why shouldn't you forgive yourself? But this is a thing that, that takes some doing is to be willing to forgive the things that we have done in the past and I want you to know that if you don't do that, that you're not going to get the best that God has for you and even the best that people have for you. If you're always bemoaning all these things that you've done in the past, then you're going to find yourself less than what God wants you to be. And people will probably stay away from you if all you're doing is talking negative stuff. The Bible tells us that we're to think on the good things, on the pure things, on those things that have virtue and those things that have praise, and think on the blessed things. Now, that doesn't mean that you're out there somewhere spaced out and you don't see all the things going on around you because you have eyes like everyone else, as you have ears like they do. As a matter of fact, you're more sensitive to the things that are going on around you now than what others may be because you see it through the eyes of one that has been redeemed through the Lord Jesus Christ, and you see the whole scope of it because many times what could happen, we could rationalize some of our sins and some of someone else's sins and things like that. And so when we are reconciled to God and reconciled to others, we have a sensitivity that is sees things like they really are. We Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So we see things as they really are. And we see that even though we have been redeemed, we're not perfect. And the truth of the matter is we'll never have the perfection that God has. And we'll never have the perfection of people who have been with the Lord for over 50 years. And even in my own experience of being with the Lord for 57 years, about the time that I think that I've got it made, I find things happening, and I think I'm still in kindergarten. And we're always learning. And one thing, temptations that come to you is not sin. You can have all kinds of suggestions that will come to you of all kinds of things that you should be doing, and you may think that you've got something inside of you that is making you that way. Now, if you've never given your heart completely to the Lord and reconciled to others, maybe you do have that kind of problem. Otherwise, there is temptation. There are things that come to you that suggest to you that you should do certain things. And you know good and well that's not right. And you may feel bad because you might think that's what you're thinking. And it might be just a temptation that's coming to you. Maybe this will be helpful to you. There is a big difference between temptation and sin. If you yield to that temptation, then it becomes sin. But otherwise, it is not sin until you yield to it. If, whatever that might, that suggestion may be, the Bible tells us to resist the devil and he will flee from us. So we need to resist the devil that he will flee from us. And sometimes the best way to deal with temptation is not to be in the place where you'll be tempted. Some people are more tempted with some things than others because that was a sin that they were tied up in. And so if you find yourself in some kind of a situation that leads you back into that same sin, don't go to a place where you know that you're going to be tempted for that thing. The Bible tells us to come out from among them and be separate and touch not the unclean things and the Lord will be with us and help us. So don't unnecessarily put yourself in a tempting situation. If you know that that's a weak area in your life, then stay away from that. For example, if you came out of alcoholism, then you shouldn't be going into a tavern. If you came out of a a pornography-type thing, you shouldn't be looking at pornography books. Burn those things. Burn the things behind you that cause difficulty to you. So in reconciling with yourself, you need to make some changes in your lifestyle. Now that you've been reconciled to God and reconciled to others, there's going to be some changes that you'll make. You may, for example, you'll want to find another group of people that love God like you do, and and you'll want to find a church that will uh, be an encouragement to you and a blessing to you. So one of the things in reconciling to yourself, you're going to have to make some changes in your life that will not put you back into the situation you were before. The Bible teaches us that we're to forget those things that are behind and press toward the mark of the prize of high calling in Christ Jesus. So we forget about those things. God forgave God about them. You've made things right with others, and they've forgiven you. Or you're making reconciliation with them by uh, making restitution, whatever the case may be. But you're doing this, and so don't allow yourself to get in a position that you were in before that's going to drag you back into that old life that you were before. The Bible refers to this as tempting God. And so if, you know, we say, well, God's forgave me now. I'm a new creature in Christ, and I can just do about anything I please. You might find out that that may not be the case, that you need to stay away from the things that drug you into the sins that you're in now that fed those sin, the best way to take care of of that kind of thing is don't feed it anymore. If you don't feed it, it'll starve to death. So stay away from the things that will bring you back into that life that you were in before. If you will do that, you'll find that it's much easier for you to reconcile with yourself, and you won't be tormented with all these temptations that I'm talking to you about. It doesn't make any difference how good of a Christian you are or how long you've been a Christian. You'll always be tempted. The Bible tells us that Jesus was, was without sin, and yet he was tempted. It tells us that he was tempted in all points like as us, and yet without sin. So temptation, if temptation was a sin, then Jesus would have been a sinner. And he wasn't. And so we know from that that we don't have to be thinking that just because we're tempted, we're, we're being a sinner. But if you're going out there and doing the same thing he did before, and you think that's all right, now that you're saved, you're never going to be lost, I think you'll be sadly mistaken because the Bible does tell us, like I told you, what we sow is what we reap. And so we want to sow kindness. God forgave us for so much. And so the least we can do is forgive others. And the Bible gives us a good story of that. And and I'll give you the story, then we'll be ready for our next break. But it talks about a man that owed his a master a big sum of money, and the master was going to sell him, and his children, everyone else, and he pleaded with him he wouldn't do that. He said, if you'll just forgive me, I'll, I'll make it right with you. And so the master, he didn't only do that. He forgave him everything. He just raced this slate and made it as good as new for him. And so this man didn't have anything to worry about. The debt was forgiven. This is kind of like the Lord forgiving our debt, you see. And then, so he finds another person that owes him something, and he grabs this guy, and, he, and it wasn't nearly as much as what he was forgiven of, just pennies compared to what he was forgiven of, and he threw this guy in jail. And God wasn't too happy with that when we turn around and do those kind of things. So we need to be an example to other people. And so how do we do that? We let our life be changed, our lifestyle be changed. We get away from the things that we used to do. As a matter of fact, we won't want to do those anymore if we really have gotten everything right with God. So let's not be the kind of person that when God forgives us that we demand that everyone else treat us right. I always felt this way. If we give people an advantage, they can't take it away from us. And you might think that opens us up to a lot of problems, and it might, but it's better to give people the advantage than to be have a chip on our shoulders just waiting for someone to do us wrong. That'll, that way we will not be able to reconcile to ourselves. But if you're willing to let God get you into a new lifestyle with new people, new friends, and things like this, then you can be reconciled to yourself as well. We're coming upon another break. So this is Howard Eugene Wright at Rivers of Living Water, and this is on TalkZone.com.
0: Let's get back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright.
1: I trust that what you've been hearing has been a blessing to you. If you're a person who has gone through this process that I'm talking to you about, then you know that what I'm telling you is the truth. If you haven't, there's no better time to start than now. The Bible teaches us that now is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. We can't just kind of push it underneath the rug. We just can't say, well, that sounds good and I'd like to have that, but I've got a lot of other things I'd like to do or whatever. Don't take that temptation. Be reconciled with God, with other people, with yourself, And you'll find out that things go the way they should. And you'll have the rivers of living water that I've been talking to you about. And the name of the program is of love and joy and peace and all these things in your life, the gentleness, the meekness, the temperament, the faith, all of the things that you need in order to have those rivers of living water flowing out through your life. And so... What do we really want? Do we want to have a life that's full of of, uh, bitterness and jealousy and pride and envy and and, uh, all kinds of terrible things that are tearing us down and tearing the society down? Or do we want to be in a place where we're reconciled in these areas and know it? In reality, it's one thing to talk about it, it's one thing to think about it, but it's another thing to have it, and it's wonderful to have this kind of a life, and I can tell you from experience that it's not always easy, but you can always get through it, and you always get through it better than when you started God does allow us to be tested once in a while, and this happens throughout our Christian experience. And, and so we, we need some kind of backup material to help us not only to get reconciled with these areas, but not to slip back into those ways again. And I want you to know that there is material that you can have, and there's a lot on the Internet of different kinds of of help programs that that you can have that will enable you to be more uh, like the Lord every day. You can grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. You don't look back over your shoulder. You look forward. You don't lean to your own understanding. You lean to God's understanding. You put your life in God's hands and That's always in good hands because he's the good shepherd that cares for you. But you need some kind of help. And I would say that one thing you need to do is look for a church where the Bible is considered the Word of God. Look for a church where people are loving and kind. Look for a church where... uh, the preacher preaches the word, he doesn't preach from something else or, uh, tell you the latest story or anything like that. I, I know of a pastor that, that had made up some, some little stories and that's what he preached every Sunday. Well, people need to know about reconciliation. So go to a church where they're talking about reconciliation, where they're inviting people to come and Now that you know the Lord, and if you've followed through what I'm telling you, then you're going to want to share this with others. So that's another thing you need to do is share it with your friends, with your family, or with people around you. Don't be obnoxious. Just tell them what God did for you and what a blessing it's been to you. As a matter of fact, if this has really happened, that's what you'll want to do. And then study your Bible. Get a good Bible study program and read the Bible and study the Bible. And this is where you get your help from, where you find out what is right and what is wrong. You'll find some things in the Bible that are bad illustrations of what people did that messed up. And Adam and Eve were one of those. That was our first parent. And you'll find some good things about what happened when people trusted the Lord? What happened when people decided to do it their own way? You'll find a lot of these things in the Bible that will help you a lot, like the book of Ruth, for example. And how about the book of Esther? And then Romans will show you the way of salvation. Hebrews will show you how that Jesus came and and was the sacrifice and everything like that. The Book of John will will give you the background of Jesus. Will give his a biography of him. As a matter of fact, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which we call the Gospels, will give you the background of what Jesus did when he was here. Some of the things, anyway, he was all the time going around doing good and healing those who were afflicted by the devil. And, and so not everything is in there, but some samples of it are. And then in the book of Acts, it tells what the church was like after the Spirit of the Lord came on them. And they were told to go into all the world and uh, preach the gospel and, and teach people and, and to disciple people and things like this. And so that is the thing you want to look for when you go to a church. Is the church reaching out to the community? Are they trying to help others? Are these the kind of things that they're doing? Then that would be a good thing for you to get involved in. Get involved with these kind of people. Learn to get in the fellowship groups. Get in the Sunday school classes. Listen to the preaching. Take some notes and think about it when you get home and things like this. And learn some things that, that you can use in your daily life. And there's a lot of things like that in the Bible, precepts and examples that will show you exactly what you need to do and what you don't need to do. I might stop right here and tell you that sometimes there's false guilt. Sometimes you might feel guilty of something that is perfectly all right. And the devil knows where you're weak at, like I've told you, so he'll do everything he can. So you need to get in a, a Christian group, a real Christian group. Sometimes they have home Bible studies and things like that. We'll get involved in those. Sometimes they have prayer meetings. We'll get involved in those prayer meetings. When I became a Christian, I was in a church that was like what I'm telling you about, and the People that really loved the Lord, they kind of took us under their wings, the new ones, you know. And they were kind of uh, parent-type to us, and, and they kind of counseled us a little bit and things like that. And we had a wonderful pastor when I first got to the Lord, and, and uh, those were all big helps to me. And so develop a prayer time. Develop a time when you have devotions every day, whether that be morning or whenever. Probably the best time is when you first get up in the morning, make allowances where you can get your Bible down and read some of the Bible and then have a prayer time, uh, talk to the Lord and give the day to the Lord and, and then go out and do the work that you need to do. Or if you're retired, then you can come up with something. Don't just sit around the house and look at the four walls. I'm retired, but I'm doing anything except that. And you don't have to. There's plenty of things to do. I've been even in Uganda helping set up a Christian workers conference over there, which is doing great even today. So we can always do something that will lift up other people. And don't get wrapped up ever in yourself. Never allow that to happen to you. Always reach out to touch someone else, to help someone else. That's what I'm doing right now while I'm talking to you. I could sit around the house and not do anything, but I'm not doing that. I have books as well that that have been advertised week after week on on this program and And you can use those books. And I have my newest book out, which I'm calling Seven Steps to God's Glorious Freedom. And it's a revision of my Deceitful Master's book. And that came out last Friday. And it's already on Amazon.com. All you have to do is type Amazon.com and then type in my name, Howard Eugene Wright, and you'll see all of my books. All of my books are there to help you. It's not just to make money. I I can make it without really the the money that I would get from the books the way it is. It Naturally, it would be a little better. But my idea on what I get from the books is to use it for ministry things. So I'm changing the title of my website from Deceitful Masters to International Lighthouse Ministries. In November, uh, it will be just that. Right now you can type in deceitfulmasters.com or international hyphen lighthouse hyphen ministries.com and come up with my website. But we're making some changes, not just for us, but for your good. There's so many things in this world that needs some light. There's so much darkness in the world, and my books are to help you to learn what I've learned over these 57 years in the different situations that I've had that I realized that would be helpful to others, and so I put these in book form so that it can be a help to you. Well, we're out of time again, and so I appreciate you coming and being a part of us and next week we'll have another rivers of living water and so i'm howard gene wright your host signing off for this time at talkzone.com